Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, hello, hello. All right, another episode of the podcast, everybody. Welcome back. Um, This week, no guest. Uh, We actually got a request for more episodes with Jesse Root and I just kind of talking and hanging out. So I think we're probably going to mix that in here or there. Uh, We're still going to have some guests in, and then we'll have a few episodes with just us. Uh, If you disagree with that, if you're tired of hearing our voices, um, or you do agree with that, hop on to Instagram. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're always open to hearing what what your opinions are because obviously we want you guys to like the show. So let us know. Um, and then also before we get into the episode, I just wanted to let everyone know that it is sponsored by Quiet Monk CBD. Um, I've been taking the product for probably like a year now. Uh, it's really good, awesome flavors, and um, you know it's great for sleep and inflammation and everything like that, just being healthy. So if you want to check it out, quietmonkcbd.com, and I think that's it. All right, let's get into the episode. All right, we're rolling. We are live from the studios in Lake Tahoe and the basement in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> this is my, uh, my luxury retreat. Uh, I was gonna do it at the desk, but uh, but check this out. Let's see if I can show you. I don't know if you can see it, but there's pictures frames that say "love" what in the it? background. Love is it? Live, do, love, laugh. One of there is live, laugh, love in the bathroom, but <laughs> over here we just got L.O.V. <laughs> this was the uh, the most masculine uh, background that so you I find. find. Yeah. <laughs> Book the room, Ash. Oh wait, I think you put something over your microphone. Move your hand. Who booked the room? Yo, yo. Something sounds There we go. Yeah, there. What did you just do right now? I don't know. I didn't do anything. Huh. You got muffled for a second. Um, my microphone's through my headphones anyway. Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's on my end. Was I touched something? All right, whatever. Uh, what did you ask me? I was saying, who booked the uh, Airbnb? Oh, so we're up here with a couple of families. So I'm here with uh, with Ash, and then her parents and her brothers, and then they're like family friends, basically cut, co- you know, like basically cousins. Um, dude, your your end is tripping. Can you? Does your face look so stretched? Your fa- your face is stretched. Turn your turn your camera sideways. Uh, like this. There you go. Uh, no. There I have a long face, bro, like a horse. No, no, it was it was like adjusting to the to the to the frame length. You look like a big thumb with with some hair on your chin. <laughs> um, um, so, uh, anyways, yeah, and they got some cousins and they got some kids too. They're like uh, teenagers, so it's cool. We've been um, playing a ton of spike ball. It's been like it's basically been the spike ball championships since we got here. Uh, I'm not good at that spike ball game. Dude, it's a great, um, it's a really good uh, cross training. Um, 
See, it requires really, really good, like really tight hand-eye coordination because it's a small ball. Um, super quick footwork, you know, like you have to, because there's like, it's like volleyball, but there's no sides, right? So you could, you have to run to that side, you get faked out, you got to run back over there, so you got to dive. I know, college, but I played, like, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I was really bad, um, uh, but we have it at my house, and my brother-in-law would go down to the beach and play a lot. We've been playing, we've been playing all week. Um, How big is Lake Power anyway? Um, not huge. You could get from, uh, you could drive around it in probably like an hour and a half. It's not huge, but they... That's pretty big though. That's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Havasu or any like the, you know, but it's, it's, it's pretty big. Um, it's, uh, and what's nice is they kind of keep the, the boat capacity limited. Um, so like, um... You know, they only let so many boats in, so it's never never crowded. The water is like crystal blue clear. It's like I'm pretty sure it's a glacial lake. Um, it's it's pretty cool. So uh, the other day we went to um, we went to one of the runoff streams, and we just tied a bunch of tubes together, and we did this big float, and we come up to this sign that's like you know it's like uh, rapids ahead, you know wear your life vests or whatever. And so mo- everyone starts to jump off. Like we steer to the thing and the people are jumping off, you know, like the, uh, um, you know, the, my in-laws and their cousins and stuff, they're jumping off. And there's a few of us I'm like, yo, I feel like we should just hit this thing. <laughs> you know? And uh, we did, man. We, 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 we just took like two of the big rafts and we went down. And as soon as the rapid started, like I see them coming. I'm like, anybody else? Uh, Feeling regrets? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not feeling this. But it was like it was pointing over turn. So we we went down. And craziest thing ever. So we're going down these things, and um, we're like, like pretty big rapids. Nothing that was like we we were never gonna die. More than likely, you know, it wasn't like dangerous. But the only thing but, scary about those is like if you hit your head on a rock or something, get KO'd and then just drown. I did almost fall in at one at one point. Like I barely held onto the handle, um, but it was, um, yeah, it, it was more like the unknown. The no, I, you could have stood, but the cur- the rapid the currents was too strong. Like you wouldn't be able to stay on your feet. It was shallow enough to stand, but it was strong current. But we're going down these rapids. We go like, oh, rock, rock, right there, and we're like trying to steer out of the way, and then this face pops up like out of nowhere, and. Uh, Oh, I realized what was making that weird noise. It was my mic hitting my chest. That's why it sounded <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, so this face pops up, and it's like this dude in scuba gear, and he gives us a look like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? <laughs> what the fuck is he doing there? <laughs> he, was, he wasn't even swimming. Like He just like was laying on his belly, like staring at the bottom of the river. <laughs> and like, yeah, we, he like didn't smile or nothing. He was like, dude, get out of my way. Clearly I'm uh, <laughs> doing nothing. I don't know. It was the weirdest thing. Um, but anyways, yeah, it was cool. We got to the bottom. It was no problems. That's funny uh, how people in Colorado want to go vacation on a beach, like with an ocean and California people find a fucking lake in the mountains. <laughs> That's true. You're never happy with what you got, man. Yeah. Um, let me, uh, pull up the card. I'm trying not to burp into the microphone. Um, because usually Justin was, hopefully Justin was going to, uh, Justin was going to be in here, but I don't know if you saw that message. He said he had some fam- some uh, health issues with his oh, mom sure. that just came up that he's dealing with. So, oh. um, 
So should we start from the uh, bottom of the card or start from the top? Well, I'm not going to lie. Right. I was planning on what? Go ahead. Go ahead and skip the prelims. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I don't, yeah. don't bother yeah. with those. Who, yeah, go ahead. Start from the bottom. You know, I was, I'm not going to lie. I, I, did, I did some research on like the top three cards. I was really planning on you and Justin carrying the team on these other <laughs> ones. Well, that I've... I, hold on. I, I have it pulled up. Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, oh, I have it here already. I have it here. Okay. Yeah, I already so, got right, it. I, I meant to. Uh, let's. JDS versus Jarzinho Rosenstreich. Yeah, yeah. Put your camera back on. Oh, shit. I'm trying. To... I, I got the card on my laptop right here. All right. I'm trying. There we go. I'm back. All right. So, cool. No, what I meant was, like, on these smaller cards, or the smaller fights, like uh, Magomed, Arkalaev, and Jan Kutalaba, I've never seen their fights. So I was just, like, was playing. Kutalaba is good. Like, he's, like, a little... Uh, he's not a little. He's a light heavyweight. Moldovan Hulk. Anytime I see uh, Magomed something rather, uh, I'm always Khabib. like, all right, how is this guy related to Khabib? Is he from his yeah. camp? Is he his cousin? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well, we'll skip them. I don't know them. John Dodson. Skip, skip. Yeah. John, actually, that should be a good one. John Dodson versus little, uh, how do you say his name? Khabib's other cousin. Khabib's no, other from, cousin. He's from Georgia, which is uh, Georgia. The country is right north of Armenia. Oh, okay. And uh, and uh, west of Dagestan. Okay, so like I said, he's Khabib's cousin. Uh, other country. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, that man, that man is a cardio machine. Like, is he? I- insane and uh, not very skilled. I mean, no, uh, everybody's skilled at that level, but not the most skilled guy but just brings it everything he has with intensity and relies more on and, that on his mentality and belief in himself yeah yeah that, mm. that type of guy well um yeah not much to say about those two but uh if we're talking about endless cardio i i had a uh, i had a little rant that i wanted to get into because i was watching Rosenstr- rosenstruck i never mm-hmm. know how to say his name i know how to spell it but i don't know how rosenstruck. to pronounce it rosenstruck yeah. um I was watching him, and so I was going outside of my normal realm. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, uh, I was watching him and going outside my normal uh, my normal comfort zone, which means I was watching heavyweight fights. And um, (laughs) dude, I'm watching. I watched a few of his fights, and it's just like it, it pisses me off so much that you can be in the UFC and then like. Three minutes and around in, in a round run, round one, you're you're breathing through your mouth. You know what I mean? You're like stepping heavy, and I'm not necessarily talking about him. I'm just saying I was watching heavyweight fights, and it's like, dude, like how can you right? The, like, I think that's what one of the main. Uh, I feel like Curtis and and um, Reem are good examples of like what it is to be a professional heavyweight because they usually. Uh, Curtis, Curtis got a little little winded in his last fight, but you, usually they're both cardio. Oh, but he has uh, such a high high output at that fight. He tried so many twenty two takedowns or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be winded too. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It, we, and, you see, and you see these heavyweights, and you know, and it's like, oh well, you know, it's, you know, maybe they're just they're just big, or you know, it takes a lot of energy and like true. But you see them coming in with bellies and stuff, dude. There's like. There's no excuse, man. There's no. Like, I don't get not... the bellies. Yeah, yeah. I don't get the bellies. Like, is it the cushion to protect the 
the guts or like to protect the no, I just think like it's like, dude, I don't have to make a weight, so I'm going to do whatever I want. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of heavyweights that could be light heavyweights if they just didn't like want to be fat, you know? Which, Absolutely. which I get it. <laughs> I just don't understand if why carry that. If you, it's going to, like, I feel five pounds. If I'm carrying an extra five pounds, whether it's muscle or fat, I'm feeling it in my cardio. Yeah, These motherfuckers sure. are carrying like extra 20, 30 pounds, straight fat, like useless weight. It's not even muscle. It's just like straight fat. Like, get them with nutritionists. Like, this, especially a heavyweight, there's a lot of money on the line. Why wouldn't you want to do your best to, uh, in this sport where you're putting your health on the line, why wouldn't you want to do Dude, just your like best? unprofessionalism. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's. That's the that's the only way to describe it. Yeah, really. I think that's the state of the uh, like the UFC heavyweight I think, division. I think unfortunately, some, some of them, some of them kind of take pride in that unprofessionalism. Like almost, almost like, oh look at me, I'm kicking ass. I'm not even trying. And mm, yeah, yeah, I that's think true. It's that. That's I'm true. I'm like, yeah, but you're only cheating yourself. But... Why not be better? Why not be your best? <laughs> Why not be best that you can be? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, Rosenstruck, so dude, he's like a. I, I, where is he from? Because his Holland. name. Well, where's his name from? Suriname, I think. Where's that? Suriname is a. a I think it's a island in the Caribbean, if I'm not mistaken. And a lot of those people immigrate to Holland. Surinamese mixed martial artist and kickboxer competes in division. Yeah, that's all it um, So, I, I, you know, I've, I've heard his name because of his hype before I saw him. And I was like, all right, this guy's got a pretty Eastern European sounding last name, a Brazilian first name. At least it sounds Brazilian. It's got no in the end with an H. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw, and I was like, "What is, is this guy like? Brazilian Russian mix?" And then I see him, and I'm like, "Dude, with this guy, <laughs> cosmopolitan mixture, man." I, I mean, I, he doesn't look like he's mixed, but I'm like, "Where's where where does his name come from?" Um, his his name his last name actually sounds more Dutch, so maybe uh, maybe his one of his parents is originated from. In Holland or something like that, or maybe there's yeah. a uh, maybe that's like a um, uh, like a slavery history thing, like you know, like a lot of American black guys have uh, British last names, you yeah, know, that kind yeah. of thing. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Um, but anyways, I would say um, so. I haven't seen too much of him until today, and I went back and watched a lot of his fights. Probably one of the more one of the most technical guys in the uh, in the heavyweight division. Yeah, yeah, that boy can punch too. Yeah, he hits hard. Um, he obviously has a pretty uh, glaring weakness in his wrestling, his takedown defense. But I don't think it's going to come in too much. I don't think it's going to come into play too much with uh, Dos Santos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think JDS is over the hill. And uh, I think he's going to get KO'd again. Honestly. There is, I agree. I think there's something to be said 
about um, there's something to be said about um, having kind of already accomplished the dream and the goal and kind of just being in there to be going through the motions. However, he did just knock out Curtis Blades. What? Did you watch that fight? Yeah. Who? No, 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 no. Okay. I, no, he lost via knockout. Curtis <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't remember that happening, but okay, whatever. <laughs> um, the, if Curtis the, was here right now, he'd be so pissed he said that. The ongoing, uh, the ongoing like run of me knowing absolutely nothing about heavyweight MMA. <laughs> I watch these guys before, you know, if we're going to commentate on them, like in the podcast, I'll sit down and watch like a string of their fights um, to get kind of like, I'll watch them with almost kind of like a game plan eye. Jay like, all right, if I was a heavyweight, guy. how would I beat them? But yeah, he hasn't changed. It's a, it's uh, the right overhand versus the left hook. Actually, Rosenstruck got both hands, but Rosenstruck has a good left hook. So it's, it's, uh, it's really the battle of those punches. So, yeah, I mean, Joe Santos has a good jab sometimes if he uses it, but so does Rosenstruck. Um, but I don't think that's going to be I'm the. I'm talking about their power punches. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Rosenstruck more with the left hand and then uh, left hook and then JDS right over here. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, in, in that, that, that timing that he you know, like timing that overhand or sometimes he would time the uppercut. That That's not going to play too much of a factor in this because of Rosenstruck's posture. He's not really going to take too many uppercuts. But that overhand I don't think is really going to be a factor because because Rosenstruck has a, has a pretty technical jab. He's not he's not lazy with his jab. He brings it back. He doubles and triples it. It's going to be yeah. hard for him to time. Um, and he's got good kicks too. Uh, he, he's okay. like surprisingly... It's funny because you watch him and he kind of looks like he's like lumbering, you know, just like stomping around the ring with his jaw hanging down. And then he like all of a sudden just, whoop, 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 just close, right yeah. hook, left kick. Yeah, yeah. It's really deceptive. Um, yeah, he's cool. So I'm picking, I'm picking Rosenstruck. We everybody's, we all in agreement. Yes, 100%. These two fights now, let's get into the fights today that I care about. That I, uh, what, all right. What you, Sean O'Malley and uh, Marlon Chito Vera. Uh, honestly, I think go. I've seen uh, Vera fight once or twice. He's good, but I think O'Malley's going to smash him. O O'Malley's on fire right now, coming off, like, great performance. That walk-away KO. Well, undefeated and, in 12 fights, you know. Yeah, and, like, I think he's on fire. I think he's going to smash Marvin. Um, it, it's funny when, even though I think that he has the tactical and maybe not technical, but tactical advantage here in the way that their styles match up, um, there's something to be said about just of having the momentum on your side. You know what I mean? Like when when McGregor was coming up, I, he fought so many guys that I was like, okay, this guy's going to be the one. It's just a bad style for him, and he would just do better against those guys, you know? And I think O'Malley's got that, just that belief. strong frame of mind. Yeah, belief. Um, well, when belief, it's, it's, it's real confidence because you could be, belief without action is delusion. Belief plus action is real confidence. So yeah. if he believes and then he's 
every fight he's fighting, he's looking phenomenal and he's backing up what he believes, exceeding his own expectations. So like, so not the the type of belief that he has, the type of confidence that he has in himself, is you only you can only feel that when you're on a streak like that. I think it's something something special. It's truly magic. Like when Anderson Silva won, was murking everybody. He was mm-hmm. like the juggernaut, and nobody could touch him, you know. And then until that, he got KO'd by Weidman. That it kind of that flame died a little bit, but like, and then in his fights afterwards, he showed he showed moments of brilliance, but he just uh, it's not just his his belief wasn't as strong. It's the other his opponent's, opponent's belief, belief in him. Yeah, yeah. So like, if the opponent believes, like he's yeah, untouchable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you put, you said it. Took the words out of my mouth. So, Sorry. It, no, no, no. I'm saying it's a comb- You said it like it is. You, it's combination of your belief plus your opponent's belief. Fuck, it's the scary combination. I, plus and also be- skill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I also, you know, I'm gonna make a prediction that when Sean O'Malley does lose. He's going to crash hard. He's going to ever go through a string of losses. And I think that, like, you see that with in Garbrandt. people who believe that they're untouchable, like Garbrandt, um, like McGregor, um, and like O'Malley, and, and like Anderson. Because, like, when you, when you have, when you tell your, like, you believe, like, I'm untouchable, like, I'm going to be, I beat everyone in front of me. That's why I don't take this approach because you will, it will allow you very high highs. But it will cost you low lows because when you lose and you try to tell yourself that again, you try to go, wait, no, I'm untouchable. You'll believe never it. believe that again. Yeah, and then you're not going to know how to perform without that belief. You know, I think like, like, um, like one of the reasons George St. Pierre had such a long, uh, successful career is like he was never like that. And he was able to handle every loss that... Every time he lost, he came back a step better because he always knew that he knew every fight I, that I could lose this fight. And so when he lost, it was like, um, all right, well, I mean, I, I didn't plan on this happening, but I knew it was a possibility because it is like if you're living in reality, it's a possibility, you know. Um, yeah, you could, you could mark all the check marks and do everything right and put the odds in your favor and then still the fucking fight game, some shit, you know, mm-hmm. like head kick whatever just shit happens yeah you zig when you sort of zags or or, or you know you, there's a lesson that you maybe people caught up on your uh on your style and, and another thing with like with guys like that is like you said when you when you have the other side of that coin where the people the opponents have bought into your legend then once you get beaten and everyone's like oh that's that's the uh, that's the recipe. Then everyone knows what to do. Like Cody Garbrandt, you know, TJ like exposed him. He just he wings a murderous right hand, but every time he does, he dips his head to the left with his left head and left hand down, and then and he lost like, three times in a row still, like that. He pulled that off this last fight too. He did that too. He turned and mm-hmm. squatted and then threw that. It worked. It worked. Well, well, no, I'm saying when he throws, that's true. He sli- he slipped, but what I mean, what I mean, when he throws his right hand, he. As he throws it, his head is like in line of the of his opponent's right hand, with his left hand like down by his nipples, um, <laughs> and, then he, and so he got knocked out like that three times. Well, actually, I think yeah, yeah, that's how it happened. It was 
right hook from TJ, then a, then three right overhands in a row, and then um, who did he fight? Uh, the Mexican dude. Um, Jimmy same Rivera? thing. Oh no. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't. Uh, it doesn't matter. But they they knocked him out the same knocked him out the same way. Um, and then you know every, when 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 he came back and did that ducking over like you know overhand to um, to uh, was it Marias that he knocked out last? That we just fought? No. No. Who was it? That's oh, no. It was Eddie Wineland, I think. Right? No, no. That was O'Malley. Not I'll pull Eddie it up. Wineland. I got it right here. Uh, you sound quiet. Did you turn the volume down or something? No. Better now? No. It went lower. Better now? Can you hear me? No, you're getting, you're getting lower and lower. What the? I don't know. Still low? Try your... Try it again. Can you hear me? Can you hear I can me? hear you. It's just quiet. Super quiet. That's weird. Should I take off the headphones? No, I can turn your volume up on the recorder. Hold on. Yeah, I didn't do anything. Oh, you came back. Whatever just happened. You came okay. Back. Um, Did you find me? Technical difficulty. Um, okay, I got it. I figured it out. Um, let's see here. Cody Garbrandt's record. I need to open a window. I'm sweating. A sun sound. Oh, yeah. He marked the sun sound. That's right. And everybody saw that and they go, and they're like, oh, uh, Garbrandt's back. You know, and I, I watched that fight and I was like, he did all the same, made all the same mistakes. Sansa just didn't game plan properly for it, you know. Um, Sansa's old too. And that weight class at 35, we have Sansa at what, 36? I don't know. Uh, we can look. Um, yeah, he is, uh, uh, the flyweights and bantamweights, that you don't, you don't get that age. I think it's because speed plays such a factor in those divisions. That's what I'm you know? saying, yeah. Um, he was 38. 38, yeah, Six. that's fucking, that's, it might as well be 58. And that way, that's, that, <laughs> 38 old in, in, uh, welterweight. Yeah, I mean, that's old in every division except for heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, Uriah Faber's 40, 41. Yeah, he's an anomaly. Good. He's an anomaly. And he also had, uh, he also had, uh, the you know the youth juice on his side for pretty much his entire career <laughs> allegedly <laughs> um don't talk bad about you right like that. that man is a, dude i don't blame him. him i mean he, he fought in the era where everybody was on steroids uh i definitely don't blame him for doing it he, he's he's one of my favorite fighters of all time um Same. i mean to, i meant to buy his uh me too, His but book. it's not on Audible. Uh, I, so that's why I forgot about it. Hmm. I think How awesome would that be if he did the recording for, uh, if he recorded his own Audible? That would be That'd great. Be good. That would be great. Um, but anyways, to, for this fight, yeah. Sean O'Malley's going to win, uh, in my opinion. Cheeto Vera is a, is a really good striker. He's very explosive, but he's very like uh, traditional Muay Thai. His, his whole thing kind of just keep 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 the guy right in front of him and then he's faster than you, you know, so he'll, 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 
put you in a 50-50 position, but he'll take that he'll take that fight because he's got the speed advantage. Um, Sean O'Malley is like angles. He he may or may I mean he may be just as fast, probably is just as fast, um, and just uh, unusual, unorthodox. Um, uh, was it you and I that were talking about this? When you look at like every every individual discipline, like Muay Thai or boxing or whatever, like most of these things work in their individual sport because there's kind of this like unspoken agreement like I'm going to play by the by the handbook you know what I mean like in Muay Thai everyone's like alright we're going to stand in front of each other we're not going to throw that many punches and <laughs> you know we're just going to we're just going to trade kicks one at a time and we can see who's tougher you and go, then you get like Sanchai you go I go yeah. yeah yeah and then you get like Sanchai that comes in and we're like actually I'm going to move my head around I'm not going to let you hit me <laughs> and what are you going to do about it and I think that's what that's going to be because Marlon does have a super traditional, uh, you know, he's, he walks in a Muay Thai stance, uh, you know, checks low kicks, single low kicks, single body kicks, uh, walks into, you know, walks into clinches, walks forward, that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's going to be his downfall. He's going to need to mix it up if he wants to uh, get I to I think O'Malley. he's going to take somebody like Corey to beat O'Malley. That would be a great matchup. That would be yeah. a great matchup. And I might... Or, or uh, I think I would pick Corey on that one because would Corey would mix it up better with the grappling, and uh, he's also just uh, I might call them even on the skill level, um, but Corey is a um, more tactical fighter. He would game plan smarter. Well, I, I don't know how much Corey actually game plans, but I know that um, uh, Christian. Christian would uh, would lay out a great game plan for him. Yeah, no, nah, they'd be prepared. They're they're always very well prepared. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you want to say anything else on that? Well, you you pick O'Malley, yeah. O'Malley, agreed nice. here too. Um, hey, can you hear the uh, the people talking in the background here? Barely. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for everybody listening, we kind of had to, we didn't record at our, our planned time, and I am on vacation, so I got a family in the other room. Um, so bear with us. Uh, all right. Stipe Cormier. Oh, you go first. Uh, only because we had that gentleman from the Oxygen Labs. What's that place called? Oh, the O2 Health Labs? Yeah. Uh, only because he told me about this story about Stipe using the hyperbaric chamber before the second DC fight and winning. I'm going to go with Stipe because of that. I'm banking on him using the oxygen chamber again and having that extra juice, extra cardio in the championship rounds to carry him through. You think so? Just because of uh, just because he's the no, O2? I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that because it's really a pick and fight. They could go either way. This is such a close fight, and but I just feel like because Stipe won the last one, uh, and like he has the confidence behind him, and then and then because of that, the hyperbaric chambers too. Maybe there is something to that formula that, that he's found something. Because, like, he was getting his ass kicked. The second fight was getting his ass kicked the first three rounds. And then the fourth, he had the endurance and the 
resilience to stay in there and stay sharp to find that liver shot that eventually led to the victory. You know? so. Well, he... I would say he almost, almost in some ways, lucked out. Like, he stumbled upon that liver shot like... But it took, I agree, I agree 100%, but it took special type of endurance and durability to make it that far to stumble True. upon that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Which, so, uh, yeah, yeah luck is not the right word, because he, he obviously is skilled, because he, he had that ability, and he also had a good liver shot to begin with, so like if he didn't have a good one, he would have never stumbled across it. Yeah, sorry, a low battery warning. Well, we're good, we still got like 20 minutes of battery. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, like I think that... He stumbled across that. Um, I, I don't know how he didn't realize that to begin with because I mean, if you look at Cormier, he's never been a fan of taking the body shots. You know, um, I, I guess you look at Cormier's build, and we've actually talked about this. Like I fought someone with a belly once, and we were both like, yeah, not too worried about working the body because it's a lot of cushion. Yeah, but a lot of cushion. For, yeah, but for a dude with a belly – Cormier doesn't take a good body shot. He never really Who has. Who else are you referring to? Silva? Um, Silva? Anderson Silva? Are you talking about when they Oh, fought? yeah. Anderson Silva did kick him in the body a few times, and he, like, jumped back. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, not about it. He's never, he's never like, been, had it, had it. Um, Maybe he has an He's never had someone never... expose it. He could. Yeah, he could. <laughs> I guess. He's a jolly fella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't get that happy without substance abuse. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then, you know, a lot of people, when they fight, like Jones, for example, when, you, when they fight Cormier, they just, they, they just light him up in the body. Usually it's left kicks, and then sooner or later he leans too far over, and that left body kick becomes a head kick, you know? That's, that's the game plan to beat him. And I've, I think Stipe is smart enough to apply a game plan and to be able now this time to think like, okay, body shots, that's what it's at. And I think that Cormier is a little bit too much of an old dog to change his style to no longer be that vulnerable to body kicks. Because he does that yeah. like uh, that George Foreman mummy guard, you know what I mean, where he just reaches his hands out, but you know, his body's exposed all the time. Yeah, yeah, he has that high mummy guard. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, the body is exposed at all times. No matter how much cushion you have, eventually, mm -hmm. like this is another heavyweight punching too. You know, like hitting you. And he took a bunch of them. He took like I don't know five or six before he started to drop his hands, and then he found that. Or even I want I want to say ten. He took a bunch. I would say ten. Head. He yeah. just went over and over and over. Yeah, he just spammed it. <laughs> Nonstop. <laughs> it's like when we play the UFC game, you know. Yeah. You get so exactly. like, ah, that's what it is. <laughs> hey, did I tell you that um, that there was a, a move? I'm not going to say what it is because I'm because I plan on using it soon. But there was a move um, in, that I stumbled across when we were playing UFC at your house, and I, I got a few finishes with it, or a few. I heard a few people with it, and I was like, man, this is. I'm gonna go try this. You have to tell works me all the works all the time. It's fine. It works all, the, and it's like something that nobody really does. It's one of those things that only works in video games, you know. Yeah, and then I try it. Yeah. I will. <laughs> I will. It's been my secret weapon. Um, so, um, but anyways, um, also yeah, we'll youth see. Younger, also youth 
is a, I mean, he's not a spring chicken, but he, uh, mm. DC is 42, I think, and Stipe is 35, 36. So there's a mm-hmm. difference in age, too. So I think that's going to be a factor. And DC's living good life commentating. He's like, he's, he's mentioned how he's, you know, like he's over it, like competing in. Do you think Stipe's over it, though? No, I'm talking about DC. No, no, I'm asking. Stipe's over it, too? Yeah. No, I think Stipe's just, uh, he's just not a vocal guy. He's not not on social media a lot. So I think he's just chill and he likes his firefighting gig still. And he, so people kind of assume that he's over, but I think he's still in it. He's always had the like the general uh, uh, attitude, or at least his outward appearance, that he's kind of like, man, whatever, you know. Yeah, but I think that's the, just how he deals with pressure, though. Yeah, I think his performance and uh, his performance speaks on his of his dedication. Mm-hmm. I just think it's fucking weird how he's still a firefighter. Like, come on, bro. What? Why? He's in, he's, uh, he's on like, um, like a, he's like a reserve firefighter. He doesn't oh. work regularly. Like if oh. there's a major fire, he might get called up. That kind of thing. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. He just wants to help out kind of like that. Like he wants to be in the action once in a while. That makes yeah. sense. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, but you know, that being said, I really want Cormier to win, man. What a legendary career. You know what Bisbing was saying? He thinks that uh, the UFC wants Cormier to win, and then they want to do John Jones three at heavyweight. But I would like to see Cormier win and ride into the sunset because I'm Same. not. I'm definitely not going to pick him in that Jones fight. I picked him both times. I'm not going to pick him a third time. <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't either. Uh, and it would just be like if he rode off for the sunset now. That would be like a small memory in his like huge career. But if he ends it with that, and you know what? And he probably wouldn't. Like if he lost that one, I don't think he'd retire. He'd be like, ah, I gotta get one more, and he'd go down that that route. You know what I mean? That down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, and it's so hard to root against DC. I like. I, I'm gonna be rooting for him too. Honestly, I think Cormier uh, Stipe is gonna win, but I will. I will be. Rooting for DC the whole time. I, I, if he pulls it off, man, how incredible is that? To they'll be the oldest heavyweight UFC champ, uh, UFC heavyweight champion, and and you know to win a trilogy, and then like that be the stamp on your career. Great, you know. He had the light heavyweight belt, right? He had the light heavyweight while John but Jones. He, was he, he got it while John Jones was out. Who did he beat for that? Huh? Who did he, Who beat, did he for beat for that? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah, I think. Was it? Uh, was it? Um, Gustafson. Gustafson. Yes, it was Gustafson. Heavyweight, Stepe, light heavyweight. Is Ustamir was his last fight at light heavyweight? Oh, that was after he lost it, though. Yeah, I think it was Gustafson. Gustafson, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember because Gustafson failed, like, to get the belt second time in his career, and he was um, broken after that. It was a but wait, he, before John Jones, he fought. Man, that was a long time ago that he won that. I'm like rolling back through his record, and I can't find that. Yeah, here it is, Gustafson, 2015. Damn. 
Then he fights Anderson Silva, wins a decision. Uh, Anthony Johnson, that was a great fight. That was a beautiful performance. That fight made me like wrestling. You know how we talk, we just, we started a podcast off with how unprofessional heavyweights are with big bellies and everything. All that being said, it's still fucking awesome to see DC with his big belly just pull it off. You know, he just looks so round and funny and jolly and just then he comes in and <laughs> like, yeah. Until I got distracted. Yeah, it is awesome. But but I don't think that, like, Cormier has that belly. Um, because, well, I mean, Cormier is in good shape, though. He he does prefer, like, prepare like a professional. Yes, and, you're right. That is the difference here. Because yeah. he's never gasses out. He just, right. he, he's ready to fight the whole time. He pushes the pace. He's an animal. He just mm-hmm. looks like that. But he's actually in shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he probably performs better with it somehow. He's kind of the exception for some reason. I think he performs better at heavyweight than he does at light heavyweight. He does, yeah, for sure. Um, maybe he just feels good when he's fat and happy, you know? Or he's not cutting the weight, like the dehydration, you know? That could be a factor. That's true. It, it, when you have extra fat, it is hard to go through that hydration cut, you know? Um, I think like people like you and I, people, people will tell us like, man, you're like, you're a big lightweight. And it's like, well, it's n- not too hard for you and I to make weight because we, there's a lot of we, muscle we sit at low body fat. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's the whole card. Um, I watched the news stuff. Not really a whole lot going on. I'm, uh, this, uh, this quarantine doesn't do good for our, uh, our podcast content. There's <laughs> not much to talk about. It's just mean, people's social media posts. That's about it. Uh, Did you want to get anything? Yeah. Uh, well, last night, Michael Sandler fought and uh, Dan Henderson. Did you watch that? Or you, you're exclusively casual UFC fan, huh? If I was home, I would have watched that one because Ben Henderson is one of my favorites. Uh, and Michael Chandler I used to train with, and he's a really cool guy. Oh, you train um, with him? When I was an amateur, yeah. My first couple of amateur fights. He's a uh, very Yeah, very nice. And like um, even when he was champ, and I was, uh, he would take the time to like explain things to me and help me and you know teach me. He looks like a nice guy, like that. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, so how the fight play? Um, it started off strong, and Michael Chandler leading up to the fight said, "Ben Henderson is." Uh, I have to admit, I don't see finishing him, and then he finished him with a, a left, straight left hand. He really? dropped him and then pounced on him with a straight left pressure. from South. Yeah, he switched, switched stance through the left, and that that makes me want to be bystantial, as Sean Madden calls it. You know, bystantial. Like, yeah. <laughs> you lost me. I was I was like staring at the screen. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> no, but I've been messing around from softball like uh, here and I mean here and there for a while now, but now I'm really into developing my software game because I feel like I have power in both hands and uh, that like seeing performances like that here's a guy that exclusively like people are afraid of his right overhand especially and he just dropped he just knocked out fucking Ben Henderson who's notoriously difficult to finish mm-hmm. uh, with the left hand you know that, mm-hmm. that tells you 
how important it is to have both stances developed. I think it's, you know, this, this is the new era. You can't, you can't just, it's like speaking one language when your opponent speaks two languages. You have to, nice. you have yeah. to, to have both stances developed. And when you both stances are developed, you can cut people off in different ways. And it's, it's a, really a beautiful thing. So this is a great performance by Chandler. Then after the fight, he was, he was putting the pressure on Bellator. He's like, he was saying, if this is my last time here, uh, you know, you've been amazing. Basically, it's contract negotiation time. So and he, he said something about, so, so step up Scott Coker, something like that, saying, <laughs> pay me or I'm going yeah. to the UFC I think that's what he was hinting at that's, that's what I took from it he needs to come to the UFC man. actually I take that back uh, he should stay he in Bellator yeah but he's no longer in his prime he's probably not going to win a UFC title um, and, and you know that, would... go ahead you know that boy's on the sauce you know he's on that yep. Bellator sauce <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Bellator special sauce he uh <laughs> Yeah, so, he um, he wouldn't win, and then people would just... I mean, he, he would win a few and not win a title, and he would get the Ben Askren, you know? Ben Askren should have stayed like an enigmatic legend that, like, oh, what if he ever came? Like, like uh, Fedor. Like, man, what if he ever came? And then, then he came, like, oh, oh, shoot, never mind. <laughs> and it wasn't because Fedor wasn't good, it's just it was too late. He came too late, you know? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think he still got few phenomenal years ahead of him he's 34 i think he's got he the the shape that he's in like he's a beast i think he got like two at least two cr- really good years ahead of him but i would if i were him i'd finish in for too like he looks so phenomenal because i mean like allegedly he looks like he's on all kinds of stuff but mm-hmm. um, he um he also does a lot of like his like strength and conditioning workouts are kind of bodybuilder esque. He does a lot of that kind of stuff that makes him just kind of look look juicy. But I'm sure he does. No, I mean, but the I way mean, when I say that, I mean like I would assume that he does. I'm basing like uh, how good of a shape he is in based on his performance, not aesthetic. Like mm, he yeah, yeah. he always has the cardio. He he has the explosion. He has total package. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, also. One more thing. Mm. Georgie fought Miles Jury last night, too. Georgie Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, bro, I thought he won rounds one and two. The last one was close. He lost the last one, probably, because Miles Jury finished strong. But, yeah, they gave the decision to the jury. That's so. a bummer. Jury's another guy I used to train with. That was, uh, that was well, both of them I've trained with, and they're both really nice. So I didn't. That was a, that was one of those ones. I saw that. I heard that matchup, and I was kind of like, ah, that's a bummer. That's lose lose for me emotionally. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I thought Georgie won. I thought I thought he looked good, man. I thought he he uh, moving up the two fifty five was definitely the right move for him. So I think he'll bounce back from this even better and make yeah. some adjustments. Um, wait, did he wait? What he went to 55 on this? Yeah, it's yeah like he's not big 55. enough. 55. I don't think he's big no. enough. 55, bro. He's he weighs every time I ask him how much he weighs, he weighs more than me. I think he's he's a thick, he's he's yeah. shorter, but he's thick, yeah. And mm. I think just his head alone weighs like 50 pounds, so. <laughs> 
<laughs> he does. He does have a noggin. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to stay at the time. I think it's a good weight class for him. He just there's a, I mean, a couple of adjustments to make, but I thought he looked good as that fight. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Um, if uh, if you guys want to follow the podcast, you can subscribe on YouTube. Um, the YouTube channel right now is still Nick Angeloni. Uh, individual uh, like YouTube channel coming soon but if you want to subscribe to the just the audio podcasts iTunes Spotify um, all that stuff Stitcher whatever wherever you get your podcasts you can follow the podcast on social media at Quotes and Chokes uh, Facebook Instagram and Twitter you can follow me Facebook Instagram Twitter at Nick Angeloni 155 and then a root uh, you if you get it this time on Instagram prime underscore time 9999 Nice. <laughs> All right, man. Good talking. Good talking, bro. Later. All right, later.